0: Journey into the Bible and explore its hidden text and rich wisdom. Join Adol Kazilski Mondays at one PM for the trip of a lifetime. And a beautiful good afternoon to all of you. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend. Uh, we've got a countdown to Purim this week, and we are know we know that we are in the month of rejoicing, Mishnechmas, Adar Marbin Basimcha. We should increase in joy, and so I hope all of you out there are having a positive and wonderful Monday, not a blue Monday, even though, honestly, the weather in Johannesburg is really not acting too uh, jovial right now, but thank God we've had a, a little bit of a space where we've seen the beautiful sun and felt like it was summer. Well, I'm with you now for the next three quarters of an hour, and we are looking through the Bible, we are journeying through the Bible, and of course we are sitting on Genesis Chapter twenty-seven, and uh, we are going to be now discussing somewhat the blessings that um, Isaac gives to Jacob. Until now, we have been we have been uh, talking about the preamble and what happened and how he actually got in. And really, there is essentially two verses that Yitzhak gives over as blessings to Yaakov. But in there is a tremendous, tremendous amount of prophecy, number one, and a tremendous amount of blessing. And as we will see later, that when uh, Asaph comes in and he hears and he sees that Yaakov, so to speak, stole the blessings, even though we've discussed that too, that there was no stealing here, um, he's unbelievably upset, simply because um, these blessings empower Um, the future generations to always have an ally in God and God an ally in the Jewish people. And that has always been like that. And that really explains why we are who we are, why we have managed to weather the storms, whether it is the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, the English Empire, the the Germans, the Purim's coming up, the Persian Empire. Um, We Jews are small. We're only one 0.01% 0.01% of the world's population one tenth, one tenth of one percent We're really, really small we're, we're insignificant Nevertheless, the significance of the Jewish people Is felt um, widely And that's not because Jews are arrogant That's not because um, We, uh, you know, of, of, of certain representations of the Jews But simply because we have God's blessing We are the blessed people and God has ensured our survival right throughout all the generations that we have uh, we have found ourselves in, and that primarily brings us back down to uh, to, to to where Isaac is giving blessings to Yaakov. Uh, this is obviously in addition to the blessings that God gives Abraham and gives Yitzchak, and then God Himself personally gives Yaakov. But we have, a treme- we have a tremendous amount of blessing bestowed upon us. It's a blessing that comes with responsibility. It's not a blessing that, oh, we just, you know, are lucky that we have a good mom or dad and they've just left, up and left us an inheritance that we can uh, use at all times and we're able to pull strings. No. The blessings come with a lot of responsibility and um, it demands of us that we act and we behave Responsibly if we don't then we forfeit these blessings and that is of, of vital importance and we see that as a central theme Throughout the torah that if we listen to God's blessings, then we get everything that that we need if we don't then um, The opposite God forbid is true now. It's not a simple calculation um, I, I would guess that those of you listening might go and say well how do you say that? Like I keep all this, or I do this, or I do this, and God still does that and that, and and, and it, it, there's, there's, there are negative outcomes to it. Well, it's not a simple thing. There is a tremendous amount of um, of calculation, if I can say, uh, that goes into it. God is omnipotent; He knows where we've come from, where we're going, what it is that we need to 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 clean up in our lives. But from a Hasidic point of view, we are, we're taught that even when we seemingly do, not seemingly, when we do experience uh, negativity, it is seemingly simply because a father will never ever punish a child um, just because he's vengeful and an angry um, God, but rather that um, it's here for us to take a lesson. And this, I think, can be, this can be derived very interestingly, um, you know, throughout history where, or even in our personal lives where we do go through very, very negative things and then we come out of it and we actually appreciate why we went through it in the first place. And that's really the test, I think, across the board, is that we have to ask ourselves, what should I be learning from it if you are finding yourself in a negative situation? Or if you have gone through a negative situation, say, what lessons could I learn and how can I do things differently? This for sure is a lesson now and now that we're talking about it, um, we're coming up to Purim, it's quite unimaginable. Um, I, I I went to shul on Shabbat um, to listen to the reading of the Megillah about Amalek, um, because it is a mitzvah to to hear that we should remember what Amalek did to us in the desert and what Amalek has done to us throughout history Um we have obviously the Purim story. We have we have we have uh, uh, much more recent in our times the Holocaust, etc. And I was sitting. Obviously, it was all done outside, all COVID-friendly. Everybody was socially distanced. And I actually looked around and I thought to myself, "My gosh, is this normal? Is it normal that people have to be scattered around, uh, you know, gr- the grass outside, and all of us straining to hear the balcare because it was in such an open space?" And what hit me even more was we've been at this for a year. And really it comes down to, to to this question of what are we supposed to learn? What have we learned? What do we still need to learn? Because this didn't happen by chance. Um, it's not about, you know, which vaccine or which government or which lockdown. All of those things are, are of us practically trying to deal with the situation. But our focus should be on spiritually dealing with the situation because it's only come um, as a hardship upon all of us because we need to learn some lessons. This uh, slot isn't about that. I'm just laying that seed and making that as a preamble to the blessings that Yitzchak gives Yaakov, that when we do receive the blessings from God and the promise for all the good that God does promise us, um, it has to be with our responsibility that we will behave and we will act in a way that is befitting those blessings. If not, we are, you know, we need to ask ourselves, what should I do different? How can I behave in a different manner? So that is something that, uh, you know, needs to, uh, to 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 be pondered upon all the time, and particularly now as we go into and uh, in, in, in look into into the the, the various verses. Hi FM your station of choice since 2008. It's Purim at Selwyn Siegel Gift Shop and they have exciting Mishloach Manot starting from 60 Rand. Do a mitzvah and bring smiles to the faces of friends and family while making a difference in the lives of the Selwyn Siegel residents. You can call them on 011-640-6413 or email them at selwyngifts at jhbchev.co.za or Pop in. They'd love to see you. Chag, Porem, Sameach. So welcome back. And uh, for those of you that have a chumash in front of you, or five books of Moses, you can open up to Pasha Toldot. We're in Genesis chapter 27. We're in verse 28. And we are now going to look at um, the blessings that the fa- father Yitzchak gives his uh, son Yaakov. He says the following. And may God grant you mital From the heaven, from the dew of heaven. And from the earth's abundance. dagan And may you have much grain and much wine. Now, um, the Torah always tells us That Just and and we've spoken about this before that sometimes prophets will say words that they themselves do not understand because why? God places the words that they say in their mouths and this really was the true in the case of Yitzhak Because he thought he was blessing Asa, but God placed in his mouth the appropriate blessing for Yaakov now what I'm going to do is I'm actually just going to read the second verse so that we've got it in its entirety. So the first one is, May God grant you from the heavens dew and of the earth's abundance with much grain and wine. And then he says, People will serve you. And governments will prostrate themselves before you. You will be a, a master over your brothers. The imecha, and your mother's sons will prostrate before you, um, and those who curse you will be cursed, baruch, and those who bless you will be blessed. That is the sum total of the blessings that, that he gives. Now, um, it seems, you know, okay, that's what he's done um doesn't seem like anything amazing but if you actually start dissecting and going through it you will go and see that there is a, it carries a tremendous amount of weight the first thing is why does he start with the word and ve yiten elokim and god should give to you why the word and so number 1 it teaches that ble- the blessings will be continuous. There will be and, 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 and. This wasn't a solitary blessing that had a time expiry to it, but that whatever is going to be said now will be in force ad infinitum, forever and ever and ever, for all the Jewish people and all the descendants of Yaakov. So that's the first reason why there is a bar. And the other reason is, um, is that, in fact, when Yaakov said to him in the previous verse, if you go last week we, we, we said a previous verse, it said that um, he blessed him by Yomer, he said, Re'ach Bni Sadeh Asher Hashem, that the my son's fragrance is like the fragrance of a field blessed by Hashem. It is and included in that, the yit the, and and then God should also give you. So this was a continuation of the blessing that, that, uh, that, that he gave initially about him having the radiance of Gun Aden. Now what's very interesting here is that the word Elohim is used. The word for God is Elohim, but we know that God has many, many names and depending on what name he is, is called upon and um, signifies what how God, how God is, is is functioning now. Normally, we do not pronounce the other name, the Yud Hey and the Vav He, of Hashem's name, that we normally pronounce when we make a blessing. Baruch Ata, and I'm not going to say the word because I do not want to make a blessing in vain. The, the Yud Ke, Vav Ke, is representative of God when He is found to be merciful and when He is is benevolent and kind. When we use the word Elokim. And again, I'm not pronouncing it properly so that I do not use it in vain. But when we use the word Elohim, which also is translated as God, this means that either God is just and that God is acting with a certain sternness with us or that God is actually behaving behind the realm of nature. So the yud kei vav the, the name that we normally use of God is when God is, is benevolent, when he is kind, when he's showing chesed. And it talks about a manifestation of godliness. When we use the word enokem, we're talking about when God is stern and when there is uh, judgment and that he hides behind nature. Now, the blessings that Yitzchok is giving Yaakov is you will see is very much about physicality. There's the dew of the heaven. There's the fatness of the earth. There's much grain and there's much wine and there's people that are serving you and governments that are prostrating before you and that you, you know you will be a leader of on your brothers and your mother's sons will prostrate you. These are all physical uh, blessings. Nevertheless, we know it, and as we go through it, you will see that these blessings had tremendous spiritual repercussions. And that is the way Elohim works. When we see Elohim, when we see God in this fashion, we see a physical world, we see materiality, we see the surroundings that that we are in. And what we need to do is we need to reveal that physicality um, and look beyond it to find the spirituality. For example... And uh, if you want to go back all the way in the podcast when we began learning Chumash together, you look at the first verse of the Torah, Bereshit bara Elokim. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. There Elokim is used, not the UtK bafke not the girl God of mercy, but Elokim, because God created a world, and what did he do? He hid himself in the world in the world. He veiled himself in the world of heaven and earth. And then what he expects of his uh, creations is that they go out to seek him. And that is really our mission. If you want to know what am I doing on planet Earth, Jew and Gentile, for the whole of humanity, because Bereshit Barai, you know, it's a Shema and it's God created heaven and earth, not only for Jewish people, but for the entire world, um, It's about going and uh, uh, seeking God out, going and making this world a better place, making this place a dwelling place for godliness. And so when we ask for blessings in this world, while we require these blessings on a physical plane – um, because we are physical people, we would, we, 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 we desire and we wish for and we want health and we want children and we want parenthesis, we want livelihood and we want all the good things, it's not there as a means in and of itself that we should just have these good things and be completely indulgent in it. But we ask God for these blessings because we want God to give it to make our lives easier so that we may serve him better. And therefore, all the blessings that come now, um, th- through Yitzhak to Yaakov, of physical blessings, but they're there in order for the Jewish people to serve God better. When we have the dew of the heaven, and we're going to understand what that is, and the, the the earth's abundance and much grain and wine and everything, everybody is prostrating before us, and people are serving us. It's not that we want to become these arrogant, self indulgent despots that you know that that, that run the world. But rather that once we have our physical needs taken care of in abundance, we are then able to um, we are able to use our time and serve God correctly. And this is really fundamentally something that is just so important because many many times we ask God for blessings just because we know what we're missing and as we want it because we want it for ourselves. A higher way to ask God for blessing is to want it because if you have it then you'll be able to serve God better. And that's why many, many times when we don't have something what we do is we take upon ourselves something more. We we, t- we do something in the realm of goodness and kindness. We do another mitzvah. We take on uh, to fulfill something um, in, a, in a in a more important way so that we create a vessel for God's blessings and for that which we need. So v'yiten lecha May God grant you, that is a a blessing to each and every Jew. It's l'cha, to you, to each and every single Jew that um, God will give to you of all of these things. But remember again, as I said in the preface, it has to come with responsibility. It's not a free handout. Um, God doesn't uh, just hand out. Uh, For the sake of handing out, even though he can be benevolent and just shower us with blessing, but most times it is um, of a reciprocal nature um, that when we do what we have to do, then God gives us what we need to what 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 we what we need. And when we are lacking, it's because of our lack, not because of God's lack. Right, now the rabbis go and say that all of these blessings are, there's either seven blessings. Some go and say, no, you can dissect these blessings even more. And there are, in fact, ten blessings. If there are ten blessings, the rabbis hold that is um, paralleling the ten sayings with which the world was created. Again, going back to Genesis 101, back to chapter 1, Every time God created something, it said the Yomer Elokim, and God said. Those are called the ten utterances. God said it ten times. And therefore, there are ten blessings over here that um, mirror the ten sayings that um, with, with which the world was created. So let's look at the first um, first ones. It says we're going to get Tal Hashemayim, the, the Jew of Heaven. Mishmane Haaretz, the abundance of earth, the rovdagan v'tirosh, and much grain and much wine. So what, what Isaac was really saying, Yitzhak was saying, was, May Hashem grant you heaven's dew. May He give it to you and give it to you again and again, that you should have abundance of the dew that descends from heaven and the goodness of the fountains that emanates from earth that allows plants to grow and then you'll have much grain, you'll have much wine, and that will give you strength and fortitude. Now, what I'd like to do with you is actually uh, take these uh, four blessings over here, which is Mitala Shamayin, the dew of the heavens, Mishmane Haaretz, the fatness of the earth, Rov Dagan, plenty of grain, Vittirosh, and wine, and just show you how these blessings are the, and, 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 and. They keep on coming back to us in whatever situation we find ourselves. And I'm just going to show give you three scenarios. One, in the wilderness, when we were wandering around in the desert before we landed up going into Israel. The second scenario, when we are in the land of Israel. And then the third scenario is now where we presently find ourselves in exile. Right. So how did we get the blessing of Mital Hashemayim, the Jew of Heaven? Well, in the wilderness, it's really very, very simple. This is an analogy to the man, to the manna that fell. We know that when the manna fell, it fell with a sheet of dew first then the manor fell, then a sheet of dew fell over it, and every single morning the Jews would go out and they would collect food for that day. We continue that symbolism by when we bring our chalots to the table, our Friday night chalots, we ensure that underneath the chalots there is generally there is a breadboard, and on top of the chalots there is a covering, and that is representative of the two layers of dew that we had in the desert. So, the n'cha l'tal ha-shamayim from the dew of heaven, in the wilderness it, um, rep- it, it represents the mud. What was the dew of heaven when we were in the land of Israel? Well, it says Yerushalayim is compared to dew. Jerusalem became the center of the world, and people would come from all over to come and pray to Hashem. And it was like that abundance from heaven that we actually saw on earth. And we know that Jerusalem is a mirror image of the, of the heavenly court and that which is in heaven. And so it has an allegory to the fact that when he says, Hashem, that God will give you from the Jew of the heaven, he's talking to, to Yaakov, about the gift of Yerushalayim, which is um, considered, to or compared to, Jew. Well, what happens now when we are in exile? The Torah, um, which accompanies us, is likened to Jew. That is the Jew of the Heaven. When we learn Torah, when we connect with Torah, it feels as if God is sprinkling us with that Jew that comes straight from Heaven. We are given an insight into spirituality and the understanding of godliness that is gentle, but as nourishing as the dew from heaven. So that's the word, in the wilderness, again, just to sum up, in the wilderness, it was talking about the man, the manna. In the land of Israel, it's talking about Yerushalayim. And in exile, it's talking about the fact that Torah is likened to the dew of the heavens. Mishmane ha'aretz, from the abundance or the fatness of the earth. Well, let's go back to the desert now. Initially, what was considered mishmane ha'aretz, Miriam's well. We know that when the Jews were traveling in the desert, there was Miriam's well that accompanied them. It traveled in the center of the of of the encampment, and when the Jews settled down the well would then open up tributaries and water would flow to each and every single one of the tribes and as it entered into the tribe, it would subdivide then into each and everybody's home that eventually you would land up having water directly to your home. Why is why is the water considered mishmane from the fatness or the abundance of the earth? Well, firstly... Water is abundant and water is needed. But more than that, B'nai Israel found fat uh, and tasty fish in the water. And so from a wilderness perspective, Mishmane Haaretz, the abundance or the fatness of the earth, is likened to Miriam's well. If we move forward and we look at the land of Israel, well, that is the sacrifices. We would take the choicest of our um our animals and of our fruits and we would bring it up to Hashem as a sacrifice, so we would take of the abundance of the earth and the first tithe we would bring up to uh, the Beit Migdash, we would also, whenever we would sacrifice, we would choose the best of the best now, interestingly um, in exile what is considered of the, the, the fatness of the earth, the Mishnah this Mishnah, the Mishnah is the Oral Torah. It was written in uh, in in Galus. It was written in exile, and it, it's fact. Why is it fat? Because it actually takes the five books of Moses and it elucidates it in such a way that you can you you, you understand Torah much more. So the Mishnah, which was written in Goddess, is considered for the fatness of the earth. So let's just do a little revision over here. Fatness of the earth in the wilderness is known as well, because of the fat and tasty fish, as well as the water, which should be abundant. In the land of Israel, it's the sacrifices, and in exile, it's the Mishnah, because that um that that fattens up. It gives us the schmaltz around the Torah, right? It, tells, it, it, it opens up our eyes to the understanding of the Oral Torah. Then we have Verov Dagan, Plenty of Grain. So what is Rov Dagan? Well, in the wilderness we are told that that applies to the young men. Okay? Um, because they are compared to grain. They are the, the staple. Of our people, the young men who would go out and who would work and who would provide and who would give sustenance to the, to B'nai Israel. I'm going to stop here for just a wee second. We are going to go for a break and we'll continue this afterwards as there is still much to say. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back. I'm Reverend Adel Kazilski, and I'm spending some very good quality time with you going through the blessings that were given to, uh, to Yaakov. We were in the middle of the grains, the Rob Dagan, that B'nai Israel's young men, um, were compared to grain. In the land of Israel, okay, um, Rob Dagan actually is an allusion to the Bikurim. Bikurim were the first fruits, um, and this is something that we brought Shavuot time. Today we reenacted by going to the shul. Um, I should go and say before Corona era time, that's what we did. Um, I'm not going to talk about during Corona era time. Um, but Bikurim is the allusion to the um, the Dagan, plenty of grain in the land of Israel. In exile, interestingly, it is the Gemara, it is the Talmud. Um, again there, from the Mishnah, basically um, the Talmud extrapolates the Mishnah and we get a lot more uh bread, we get a lot more substance to what we are learning. And finally, with Tirosh, wine. Tirosh, well, ladies, you can feel proud. B'nai Israel's young girls were compared to wine. The men are compared to grain. The girls were compared to wine. Um, you know, lots of times women complain that as they get older, they lose their luster. Well, the Torah doesn't think so. Things As we grow older, we mature um, like wine and we taste even better. The wine in the land of Israel um, is represented or alluded to the Nesachim, which is the poured offerings. There were times that they would pour pour, blood, wine, a whole water um, on the Mizbech, and so that was in the land of Israel. And finally, wine represents, in Ganot, it represents the Midrashim, because it captivates a person's heart like wine. So if you actually look at it from another way, in the wilderness, we have the Man, which was the dew of the Heaven. We have Miriam's Well, which is Mishmane Haaretz, the fatness of the Earth. We have Rav Dagan, which is the grain, which are the men. The Tirosh, the wine, which were the women. If we are in the land of Israel, everything revolves around the Beit Hamikdash. The Jew of Heaven is Jerusalem. The Mishmane ha'Aretz, the fatness of the earth, is the sacrifices. The Rav Dagan, the, the plenty of grain, is the Bikurim, and the Tirosh, um, the wine, is representative of the wine libations and other poured offerings. Now that we're sitting in exile, we've got the bless this blessing, and now this blessing is that. Um, it's the, the, the Jew of the Heaven is the Torah, in and of itself, the five books of Moses. Mishmane Haarez is the Mishnah, uh, Rav Dagan is the Gemara, and Tirosh is the Midrashim. And just by the way, I teach a lot of Midrash when we are learning together, uh, this Kumush. So, um, we are getting the inside of, 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 of this learning that way. Let's go through, um, if we can, the next verse, which is, Yavduchu amim, people will serve you, le'umim, and the, 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 the governments will prostrate before you, you will be your, your, you will be a master over your brothers, um, and anybody, and, and your, your, the sons of your mother will bow before you, and whoever curses you will be cursed, and whoever blesses you will be now, what happens over here is really an encompassing blessing about the fact that there will come a time where the 17 nations will serve the Jewish people. The sons of Ishmael and Keturah will also come and bow down before us and we will be a powerful master over our brother means that Yaakov will have mastery over Esau um, and then anybody who would try and curse would in fact um, be in trouble and those who will be blessed uh, bless us will be blessed now let's just break it down a little bit more so we can understand this <speaking in Hebrew> may the nation serve you this refers we're told more specifically to the sons of ham and yafet remember there were three sons of Noah: Shem, Ham and yafet Shem became the progenitor of the Jewish people. Ham and Yafit um fooled the Gentile nation. So this is representative of the um Gentile's nation. Um, and the nations will bow down to you. This is Keturah's descendants. Remember again, Abraham remarries Hagar, her name is now Keturah, and she uh she, she has many children, so this is, rep, uh, representative of her lineage. You will be a master over your brother, meaning we will be, uh, we, we will be a master over, um, Asaph and the physical world. Your mother's sons will bow down for you, means Asaph's kids and their leaders will eventually come down and bow before you. And I think this the last two, two, two verses two um, verses—and probably hold the most input. arur umivarechacha baruch. Those who curse you will be cursed. Now, we, we've seen this happen many, many times um, in history, where uh, a, a Gentile nation will turn their back on the Jews, curse them, make their life a misery, Ultimately, they themselves become cursed. Today, you can ask yourself, where is the Roman Empire? Where is the Greek Empire? We can actually ask ourselves, where is the Persian Empire? Yes, Amalek is rearing its ugly head, but it's long gone and it won't survive. Trust me, even today in 2021, where is this glorious um, country called Germany? It ain't glorious anymore in trying to dominate the whole of Europe. Etc. Etc. We see it on a, on a, on a more individualistic uh, level, where Bilam, Bilam tried to curse the Jews, and what happened to Bilam? Bilam landed up being totally ineffective, and not only that, um, his curses were changed into blessings. And then the other way also um, is applied: is that whoever blesses the Jews, whoever sides with the Jews, whoever takes the side of the Jews, they themselves will be blessed. Now, there were people that blessed us. Moshe blessed us. Aaron blessed us. David Amelech and, and Shlomo uh, blessed us. And they had tremendous, they brought tremendous, tremendous blessing uh, to the Jewish people. But what we see over here is that ultimately, and we, we're seeing this play out as we speak, that as we are coming closer and closer, and we are also oh close, to the revelation of godliness, to the final redemption, to the arrival of Mashiach, that all those nations that made our lives a misery, um, there are unfortunately being meted out um, the the consequence of their behavior. At the end of the day, Torah is a is a law of consequences. There's a right way to behave, and there is a not right way to behave, and whatever. Action is taken however small if today you are going to just walk past that poor man and give him a penny or you're going to smile at somebody who needs some upliftment or you're going to put on fill in or, or do any other act of uh, goodness kindness that is considered a mitzvah in the Torah that will remain eternal and you will get its recompense and the vice versa the opposite is also true we're going to go for a bit of a break and then we're going to wrap up. IFM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Just one last idea, very, very quickly, um, as time has always, always when you're having fun, time runs out. Um, one of the things that we're also taught is that Yaakov um, rep, uh, rep, um, represented Adam, okay, both visibly and morally and they had the same spiritual mission. And if you look at the um, words, you will the, the blessings, you will see that he's correcting everything that went wrong in Adam, in Adam, the first man's life. Let's go quickly. Mishmane um, ha'aretz is from the fat of the land. He's correcting what? That Adam, um, when he left, it said the land is cursed because of you. Aruchah ha'adamah ba'aburech, that the land would be cursed before you. The dew of the heaven, mitalah shamayim, was that he would have to work, um, Adam would have to have worked with suffering, whereas he would get the dew of the heaven. That there'd be abundant grain. Well, in Bereshit, uh, Adam was told, thorns and thistles will grow for you. Yavdecho, amen, the nations will serve you. Back in uh, um, Bereshit, in in the beginning there, it says you're going to have to work hard for your food. Nations will bow down to you, and that's for you um, to 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 fix up what happened with Adam was that because you will be like dust. So, Yaakov gains land through deception. Adam loses Gan Eden through deception. So, all the things that went wrong with Adam are corrected through Yaakov. And with that, I leave you with that thought. I wish everybody a Chag Kashev Sameach, a beautiful, well, not a kasher. well, it should be a Kosher one, certainly a Chag Sameach, a happy, happy Purim please let's heed the call of the doctors and and all those of the leaders that we do act and behave responsibly on Purim and that we take joint responsibility. Remember, for every action, there is a reaction. Let's just only increase in joy, increase in mitzvahs, give Matanotle Evyonem, give to the poor, and let's hope that God will look kindly upon us and take all this suffering away from us and give us the final geulah, the final redemption, just like he did. So many years ago in Persia. Have a wonderful week. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.